The Dad Ass Podcast. Subpar, mediocre at best. Podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. One drink and one conversation at a time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the completely unscripted, awesomely excited podcast about trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. Me, I'm Matt. And with me, as always, Sean, a.k.a. Dude, the resident family counselor. Sir, how the hell are you today? I'm really well, actually. I mean, this won't make any sense when this airs because I will have gone and come back and all that stuff. But it's Thursday night when we're recording, and it's it's like my Friday because I have a half day of work tomorrow. Okay. And we're going on a little trip. So we're going awesome. to drive down to, uh, to uh, North Carolina just for the weekend to Charlotte. See a friend, um, Patrick, one of our um, good friends and listener of the podcast. Um, but yeah, we got an Airbnb. We're going to hang out with the dogs and uh, Patrick and see what sort of shenanigans we can get into. I'm super stoked to go back to a couple couple of breweries because um, Kimberly and I stopped through Charlotte on our way home. Home? Yeah. On our way home from Florida um this past summer um we always go down and see family and so we were like oh we should go we should totally go back there and so yeah we just decided a little impromptu i mean i guess not just decided but um yeah it's been in the works for a little bit so i'm I'm excited to get out of town and just sort of relax i don't want to speak for for um our very esteemed guests today um Drix, but I have a two-year-old. I'm going to be chasing his butt around. I'm going to be taking down our uh, umbrella from our deck and putting things away to get ready for the winter, maybe put up Christmas lights. Drix, you're chasing five five little ones around. Like hearing about a trip and going somewhere like a little bit warmer and different than where we're at, like I'm totally jealous of that. What, What do you think? Man, we literally just got back from Hilton Head. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So, I mean, I can't really say too much. But, I mean, it's uh, those types of things. I'm ready for another one. You know what, though? You cannot complain because you went on. No, 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 no. You went on a trip more recently than I have. One of us went to Maine. True or false? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm due. Now you've done Florida and you're going to do North Carolina. Ah, see, I got to go. I'm jealous. Yeah. And, then, and then Florida sounds dope. That sounds like, fun. yeah, I mean, Florida is nice. We love going down to see family. Um, the problem is where they are in Florida. It's they're in like Fort Lauderdale area. So it is like 18 hours. No joke Ooh. to drive yeah. down there. So that part sucks. Um, so, and also, uh, speaking of Florida and all that sort of stuff, um, Sue and Bob, who is who we go and see, they're picking up their puppy tomorrow, actually. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So. That's totally fun. Well, you're getting ready for a trip. Our special guest for this episode came back from a trip. I'm just thinking I really want to have a trip and not be stuck outside doing doing work. So we're, we're off to a good start here. Um, we are excited to have uh, Drix here. You are like pretty much a dad squad star on all platforms of social media. 
Um, you're a rapper. You're a dad of five. So quintuplets. quintuplets. So we have t- tons of questions there. And you said you have a day job. So tons and tons of questions. But thank you of your busy, busy schedule to uh, come on to the Dadass Podcast for this episode. Absolutely, guys. I'm definitely excited to be here talking to y'all. Been looking forward to it for, I don't know how long we've been talking about this. What, two months now? Yeah, two, probably something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is super exciting. Um, Matt, I think you need um, you need his shirt. Uh, you, you know, it it says hashtag dad squad on it. And I, yeah. I, I feel like you would really rep that, Matt. I think I, sur- I, I, I truly would. I love it. I hey, absolutely do. After this, shoot me a uh, message. I'll send y'all one. Oh, oh we there you go. It. I, I need your address anyway, because my mom and her retired teacher friends, um, are all in a card club. So we always send homemade dad ass podcast. Thank you cards to anyone that comes oh, on, awesome. on the podcast. So um i'll I'll hit you up afterwards yeah, it's a little bit that. of an awkward thing he's kind of got them like sort of closed locked into a small room it's a little bit of like kind of like a mom like sweatshop yeah. card making the, situation but you know at, they're on the other side of the basement hold on they're actually getting too loud <laughs> <laughs> oh i thought you were talking about my kids oh, yeah <laughs> Oh, we're, we're, we're so glad that we could, we could, oh, actually, do you hear Tuckerman? Do you hear, do you, can you hear him crying in the background? No, I can't. I, I no. think my, I think my fake yelling, and now he's trying to come downstairs. Way to go. Oh, that's terrible. Anyway, that's, that's why we're called the Dadass Podcast. We, we like the natural noise of kids and family in the background. That's right. So, um, we, we have to ask. Um, because we, we we like to have all of our guests come on fully loaded with a dad joke. And you said that you had a good one. I got I got one that I, I, I got locked in the chamber right here. I dig it. All right. You ready for this one? All right. Let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. So what do you call a dog that is also a magician? Ooh, hold on. What do you call a dog that's also a magician? Houndini. Oh, that's or, a good answer. Or or, do, or does magic? I should say. I don't know. A labracadabrador. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That is a good one. All right, I'm glad I didn't get roasted. <laughs> that that's that's a good one. I I I don't know, Sean. You look so serious, like you're about to like pull out the uh, the punchline there. I felt like I had it, but no, no. He got me on that one for sure. I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Oh, good night, buddy. <laughs> Do you hear that? Yes, we yeah, did I hear did, that I, one. I, I, I faintly heard it too. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Good night, buddy. We love you. <laughs> so, um, I'm excited because you, you had told us. Um, I knew you were from Kentucky, but you're from right outside Lexington. Correct. Um, Kentucky. And I was the only one before we started recording, not drinking bourbon. So I had to get some Wellers in your honor. Which, which um, Wellers do you have? I, I have, have green just label. The, yeah, I just got the green label, the special reserve. Oh, so, okay. So we're doing the same one. That's right. Man. I'll see your green label and raise you a red. Oh, are you doing Wellers too? Well, I plan on doing Weller, but I had poured a little bit of um, Basil Hayden um, 
toast. It's toast. That's, yeah, that's not I, bad either. Dude, I literally just had that last weekend. I actually haven't tried it yet. Like even as we've been sitting here, I don't know the you know. I so. really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Um, yeah. So I mean, if you're from from Lexington, then you know bourbon must be like a thing for you, right? Oh, um, yes. so, so if you find yourself in Columbus, you'll have to you'll have to come visit the Speakeasy. We're oh, uh, nice. Wow, you got a nice collection there. Yeah. So, uh, um. You know, I was come... just in Ohio not long ago, like two or three weeks ago. What were you doing there? In Cincinnati, uh, right? No, I was in Logan, Ohio one night. Oh, yeah. In, um, trying to think what the um, Beaver Creek. Is that yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing uh, Logan. some shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I do still get to travel every now and again, and this that weekend I just so happen to have back to back shows in Ohio, and got to stay all weekend up there and do both of them and hang out with some buddies and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Well, when when you come and perform here in Columbus, we usually record together in the Speakeasy. It's hit. It's behind a hidden bookshelf. Oh, nice. Um, you have to move it. You, there, it's it's awesome. But if you're in Columbus, not only do you have to see that, then we'll go and hit up some of our distilleries. We have some friends yeah. at the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, man, it's been a few years since I've been into Columbus. But I did actually travel up there and perform at, what was that venue called? Um, it shut down, but it was the same venue that Dimebag Daryl got shot at. Oh, you know I know where you're talking about. Yeah, but I they can't just, think of what it's called yeah oh, yeah it was super awesome place like and you could really it just felt special and we had a sold out show that night so there was like i think 800 people there whoa um, that's cool yeah we really rocked it out and made some good money that night so it was it go. was a really good adventure up there good memories well you're gonna have to come back to columbus because now it's it's even bigger it's expanding music scene is awesome and our beer and um spirits are just i don't know like it's, craft beers oh yeah yeah, yeah i think so we have i think we've got probably about close to 60 um uh, breweries small yeah throughout nice. central ohio yeah so now did you all say something about cleveland as well I'm originally from Cleveland, yeah, and that's uh, I'm okay. drinking also a Market Garden uh, Festivus Ale, so that's uh, Market Gardens from Cleveland. Nice, yeah. I, up I there? performed. I performed in Cleveland a few years ago. Um, I can't think of the the venue name for there either, but uh, that was a really fun time too. Well, you know what, I I as as someone that's pretty much you know a neighbor of ours, being in Kentucky, I think Kentucky gets a bad rap that it's just, you know, it gets a bad rap. I, I don't want to come into any stereotypes, but then I'm sure Ohio from other states has a bad rap, but it's like, once you get there, it's like, wow, it's really cool. This yeah, isn't what it, blank, yeah, it's not, you know? Yeah, it's not what everybody, yeah, I get told that I'm, you know, my cousins and I hook up and uh, we don't wear shoes around here, but, you know, that's totally not, not how it is. But, you know, that's just a stereotype yeah. being around Kentucky. Well, we're we're gonna have to get you into uh, to come perform here in Columbus. I I um, you were in Cincinnati. Um, it feels like a couple months ago, but 
also in a pandemic and then a new job, I also feel like a month feels like a year. So you could have been like six months ago. But uh, the Thompson House, right? Or is that yes. Newport? Yes. 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 I performed there with, um, are you all on TikTok? No, I actually called it, oh, I, 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 I call it Tiki Tack. And, and be, because <laughs> I, I, um, I'm, I do our social media, but I'm not like on all the platforms. We are on MySpace. Yeah. If you're not on not, MySpace, you. We've just not come up to TikTok yet. Yeah. Dude, MySpace I'm is it's top 50 emerging pla- or top 50 uh, social media platforms. Um, well, listen, I'm it, telling it, you now, if you all really want to help blow this thing out the water, you need to go get on TikTok. Just the small clips would be awesome. But I mean, that that's where my biggest following has came from is from TikTok. Um, but one of but the see, artists you're entertaining, you're entertaining. And we have sexy faces for podcasts. Yeah. But yeah. They, they have clips on there all the time. So I, that's true. That's true. We, we should we should look into it. Look, Theo Vaughn, he, he I don't know if you know his podcast. Yeah. But he, he has clips on there just from that. It, it's something to look into and think about. It really is. Um, so let, let me, let me ask you this question. Five kids, all the same age, you have a day job and you're a musician. How do you do it? Man, it, um, sorry, I got wind chimes outside. It's like storming outside and it's distracting me a little bit. Um, so the day job and music and social media and, dealing with the quints it's um it's very time consuming um you know i do a lot of staying up late just losing sleep i, I run on about four hours of sleep a day um no thank you yeah i quit and, yeah i mean i've done i've done that since they were born um like when they were first born we ran 24 hour shifts around the clock, just like trying that. to keep up with them. Um, so I kind of got used to not really having any sleep and it's always go, go, go for me. If you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious. Um, and when you found out that you were having quintuplets, what was, what was the first thought in your mind? So, okay, this is a, as much as the story is you can like, think how crazy it is it's crazier than that so my wife and I we tried for two years I'm just gonna go ahead and give you the story if that's cool yeah yeah okay so my wife and I tried for two years to have kids on our own um we struggled quite a bit went through all the hoops you know did um testing and stuff with her and with me and come to find out I was having some issues so um we did, we went the route of doing IUI. Um, a lot of people get it confused with IVF, um, which is where they actually take the um, eggs out of the woman and make them into embryos and then implant them back into her. But pretty much they call this the turkey baster method, the IUI. Um, so my wife and I, we tried five rounds of IUI and on the fifth round, we found out that there was five babies. <laughs> so we go into, we go to do the ultrasound, walk in, they 
both our moms are in the room at that. They're watching, we're all watching the the ultrasound and we just don't really know what to even like what we're looking at because it kind of just looked like all her eggs and everything. But come to find out there was, we thought there was triplets and the doctor said, no, it looks more like four or maybe five. And it was just like, you know, her mom, my wife's mom, she was like five and my <laughs> mom my mom's over there like about to puke everywhere. I'm just so like stunned. I almost pass out. Yeah. Uh, my wife's just laying there on the table, like in shock, complete shock. Um, so, you know, everybody, they, the doctor said, we're just going to give you a moment to yourself. Um, and we're going to come back in about 10 minutes and check on you. And so everybody walks out of the room. It's just my wife and I, and we just really didn't know what to say. How long before someone said something? I feel like I would have just sat there. Like, I don't know. I feel like it it was silence. Well, you know, so within 10 minutes of going by of pretty much blank silence, um, the doctor comes back in. And this is where it gets really wild because the doctor comes. It it gets more wild than just a bomb like that. Okay. Oh, I'm in. So the doctor comes back in and they say, so this is what we suggest. We want you to go see our friends up in New York, stay for the weekend, do genetic testing, see if anything's wrong with any of them, and talk about aborting. Because they said it was very high risk for my wife. And the first thought to our mind was F you like, we're not going down that route. You're not going to tell us that after two years of trying and the very first time my wife ever gets pregnant, that you want us to go aboard our kids. And so at that point they're like, okay, well just give it some thought and we will see you back in two weeks. So at this point, my wife is pregnant for, I think she was six weeks pregnant when we found out. Mm. Um, six or eight weeks, I can't fully remember. But, you know, it was a very long ride back home because we were actually in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, oh, okay. Where, okay, so, yeah. That's yeah. We, yeah, that's where we did all of our treatments up there was. Um, so, you know, we get back home and everybody's blowing us up because, like, my job, I told everybody we were going up and, you know, everybody's rooting for us and stuff. Our, our, all our families messaging us like, what's going on? Are you pregnant? And we just didn't know how to explain to anybody. <laughs> we just couldn't talk to nobody. I called into work. I couldn't go see nobody. I couldn't talk to them. I was a nervous wreck. I thought, Oh my gosh, there's no way that we'll ever survive. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, you know, I took off work and it was the, the weekend at that point. And I went back that following weekend. And that's when we had to start telling people, like, keep it on the low. But we are pregnant with quintuplets. Just don't tell anybody. Um, but, you know, we had to explain to a few people that were like bothering us pretty bad. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it really is insane, man. So, I mean. Like, I don't know. Here's a random question. 
Um, you know, I I have had several friends who have uh, gotten pregnant or their wives have gotten pregnant, and I actually don't know the answer to this. Did Heather crave anything? Um, yes, um, breakfast burritos uh, from from Trader Joe's. Oh, did your wife crave anything? Um, honestly, so she got so um morning so much morning sickness from all the babies yeah she she couldn't eat nothing hardly except for cereal i'm here for it love me some cereal dude like literally she and and then like you know the uh the doctors put her on whole milk because she wasn't keeping enough weight on her Mm -hmm. um she got so bad off dehydrated that she um she had to have a pick line put in oh man is, yeah so they put the pick line in and she kept it her whole pregnancy mm. um and even crazier is that nobody would take her on at home she was pretty much on bed rest the whole time and yeah. no 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 medical doctor no i wouldn't say medical doctors nobody would change like come in and do her ivs for her at home um or like come in and clean her change her bandage and stuff uh because they said that she was so high risk basically they they didn't want to get sued if something was to happen um i get it but it was like so she pretty much took care of herself on the couch giving herself two iv bags every day that is crazy until until we did our we did a two-month stay at the hospital before she gave birth to the kids so two months months. in cincinnati no. So, um, those doctors in Cincinnati, they have two offices. Um, I, I won't say the place exactly just because for like any type of legal reasons yeah. or anything, but, um, so they have an office in Kentucky and they have an office in Ohio. And when we found out we were actually in, right over the edge into Kentucky and, you know, when we went back for that, follow-up checkup they said she really needed an iv put in and they wouldn't even do the procedure they wouldn't even put an iv in her because they were afraid of getting sued because there's like a law in kentucky that um won't or there's a law in ohio that covers them but not in kentucky so they were like you you can drive up to ohio and we can do it and i was like no i'm just gonna take her to the hospital and you're gonna release her from your your care I would have thought I never, about, yeah, yeah. or just states. like how, I mean, I, th- you, I think about like the like high risk part, but like, I guess I wouldn't have thought of like, it, it's not right. I'm not by any means agreeing with it, but like the complications that would come with like having a high risk pregnancy and some of which being like that doctors are hesitant to like, you know, oh, yeah. take you on. Like, I, I guess I'd never really, um, Never thought of that before. Um, yeah, that, that adds like a whole other layer of stress on top of it, too. I'm sure. Oh, it was. I mean, you know, it sucked that you know we. It was so negative. Like the whole thing was so negative. Being like at that doctor's office in Ohio, and finally, when I, I said, "Forget it. I'm driving you to Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm going to take you straight to UK Hospital because they are the only." Um, they were the only team that could take her on um, 
medically that were able to hold five or uh, quintuplets in their NICU when they were born. Mm. So. Oh yeah. Like you, you can't just yeah. like choose whatever hospital either. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, no, yeah. we couldn't even choose. She couldn't even go to her regular um, OBGYN. She had to, she had to have a special ones at the UK hospital just for that. So did I, I have to ask, and, and I mean this like serious and joking, but like, when you get friends and everyone to start giving gifts for kids and everything, you know, it's one thing for one, but like, did you know that like the sex of all five? So like, then were you getting like massive amount? Like, I'm just curious, like how like things happen when you yeah. have five at about, uh, I want to say it was 14 weeks in we knew the genders. Um, and originally they told us that it was, four girls and one boy. And I was like, man, you know, I got my one boy. I can, I can do it. And then the very next week she went in for her uh, two months stay. And they told her at that point that uh, we had two boys and three girls. And I was so excited. I cried. Um, I just couldn't believe it that, that they made a mistake or couldn't see you know, I mean, you know, it's, there's a it could, lot of body parts in there. It could, it could have been cold, you know. Then they tried saying, well, you know, there could be another one hidden in there. I was like, don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> <laughs> Five's enough, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you went from, from not having a basketball team to having a basketball team. Oh, all I know, one, man. All in one day. And it day. was such a it was such a learning curve. Just I mean, I'm, we're still learning at, at this at this moment. Just you know, like every other parent, you know, you just you have a kid and you, you just figure it out. I still okay, like I'm even thinking logistically right now, right? Like uh, you know, with five, you know, if you have uh, quadruplets, like you each take two. This makes sense, right? You can yeah. like cross arm bottle feed. Right. But with five, what you have to have help. Like there's like if all five oh, of man. them cry at the same time, you can't hold them all. Can you? I don't like I don't know. What, um, you know, we, we tried a couple of times, but it was not the easiest. So we basically our kids kind of um, they kind of stayed in like the Mama Roo things, um, the rock and uh, yeah, rock and plays before those were recalled um <laughs> oh, yeah. i forgot yeah. about that yeah we were like when they when those became recalled we were both like oh wow our kids pretty much lived in those for for quite a while um but so we we did a whole schedule and we set it up to where at night one or during the day too uh one person could do it by themselves if they needed to because sometimes you know, we didn't always have two people at all times at night. Um, so the kids ate every three hours. Um, we did a routine where you would go in, you would heat up your bottle. Um, you, you know, get it warm for them. You go in, you change their diaper. Um, if, you know, whatever else needed to be changed, you would feed them, burp them, put them back down and go start the next one and it took two and a half hours to do this whole process especially for all five own. of them for all five and then you had 30 minutes if you wanted to get like a snack or go um 
clean the bottles um, or whatever, trying to stay on top of it. And then you had to start the whole process over again. And not only that, but at night, so we mass produced formula and we made 40 bottles pre-made. <laughs> 40 of them. So yeah. the entire refrigerator was nothing but bottles. Yeah. And barely any food because, I mean, you just couldn't keep refrigerated food because it was all bottles. That's um, insane. Each, each kid had their own calorie count. So you couldn't do the the baby breezes. They had different calorie counts and stuff. Um, they had reflux. So with the reflux, we dealt with, um, they would just randomly out of nowhere start spitting up out of their mouth and coming out of their nose. And we had to have a, a hospital grade suction machine because they were basically choking on their own vomit and about to die right in front of us. Um, so yeah, those were some very, very long days and nights. I have so many questions, but I have to ask you one of my unforeseen favorite things to do early on with our son was to um, change his diaper. I don't know why I love changing it because we like he would smile. He'd talk to me, you know, and it his was own. bonding time. It was, it was great. But like I would, and then sit, he peed all over you. <laughs> it only happened once. <laughs> uh, twice. If you count what happened earlier well, in the week. Yeah. He threw, I was <laughs> trying to change him into a night diaper. And he threw it when I was putting his diaper away, the the used one. And I couldn't find it, but it went up against a bookshelf. So, like, I kept missing it. Well, then he pees. And and I looked at him. I go, that's not on me. That's that's your fault. You threw that. That's not daddy's fault. But part, one of my favorite things to do, and this you're going to see where this is going. I used to love making up songs to him whenever I'd change him. And then instead of telling him what I'm doing, I would sing it to him. How did you get into then doing like putting your dadism and your, your dadness then into music? Like, how did that come, come about? I have like 50 more questions about raising five kids, but like, I would always sing to him. Like, did it start like that? How, how, how did all that then start for you? So I've been, uh, basically, this is my 10th year of doing music full-time. Well, I wouldn't say full-time, part-time, I guess you could say, because I, I, I still have a full-time job. But I've been doing rap music for about 10 years altogether. Um, and whenever the kids were about to be born, I kind of, yeah, and I traveled with the drummer and he was super nervous about if we were going to even continue doing music together. And I was like, man, you know, I really think that it, there's two things. I can either quit and give it all up and focus on being the best dad I possibly can, or I can include them and make it the most fun thing that ever could have happened to me. And we can still make this thing work. And I said, that's what I'm doing. And basically I started doing like, I really didn't know how, because I do a lot of parody songs, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know how people were going to take the whole funny thing and almost like a, a weird Al Yankovic thing. Um, and I thought I was going to kind of get a little bit roasted about it, but then yeah. people kind of latched on and I was like, this is it. 
this is what I got to stick to. And it started the whole dad squad movement. And then from there, it's just been like, let's just keep rolling with it. And, you know, I've, I've wrote just songs about, I've got a song about minivans. Yeah, you do. I was listening to it before we started. (laughs) I love how you say minivan too. It's so catchy too. Like in the chorus. Um, Yeah, man. It's, it's so much fun. And I, I've always been, I feel like that's one of my strongest suits is writing a catchy hook for the uh, choruses. Um, and so to just make it to where people want to jam out, even if they don't own a minivan, they want to, they want to rock out to it. It kind of made me want one. I actually drove one in high school. Hey, um, they're, they're legit. They really yeah. are. Also, you know, I mean, when they're up too. Yeah. I was going to say when they're not loaded down with a bunch of stuff, they actually got some get up and go to them as well. Yep. Oh yeah, V six baby. Uh, well, I think Dodge, if I'm not mistaken, the Hellcat. Have... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. They put like yeah. a like a Hemi in a in a minivan, and <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily for production or if that was like a prototype thing. But dude, if it comes out on the market and I can afford it at the time, I'm going for it. <laughs> so ultimately, you tried to like evolve your music with you as a man, as a husband, as a dad, all at the same, like, if this is going to keep going for me, I gotta, I gotta evolve it into who I am now. Exactly. I have so much respect for this because one of the things that we, we talk a lot about, um, on our podcast is how, like when you become a parent, you don't cease to be an, an individual and, Yes, parenting um, and engaging in relationships, whether that's marriage or or just you know any form of relationship, um, does require you to to think of the other person and be selfless at times and things. But that doesn't mean that like you let go of all the things that make you you. And I really appreciate right. that you were like, you know what, like no, this is important to me. And so like you made the comment of like, well, I could quit and be the best dad, you know possible or i could just sort of embrace this i think embracing it does make you the best dad because ultimately that's it seems like something that brings you joy it seems like something that you like doing right like and so you know um matt you you've talked about um the phrase like hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. um and i think that it goes in the opposite way of like happy people make happy people too right and so like it's something that you enjoy and so like Honestly, um, you know, your kids are too little now to appreciate it, but hopefully one day they look back and go like, wow, like my dad like balanced all of these sorts of things where like he was a great dad to me, but then also got to do his sort of thing. And, you know, I think um, when you find yourself sort of um, like letting go of everything to like fit into whatever circumstance you're in, um, you can unintentionally find yourself like being disingenuous to yourself. And then that like, that just doesn't make for a happy person. Um, and I think that makes um, parenting more difficult, engaging in relationships more difficult because you're just sort of like a shell of who you were versus like, you know, an evolved sort of person uh, that's evolved around your sort of circumstances. And so, um, you know, I, I really have quite a bit of respect for, you and I mean, you literally did write a, a catchy enough song that me, a guy who doesn't have kids, 
was admittedly like laughing um, at at the minivan um, <laughs> catchy song, but I'll be darned if it's not catchy. <laughs> yeah, man, I think you hit the nail on the head for real. Like, and that's the thing is, I told myself I don't want the kids to ever see me give up on something because if they see me give up on what I love and my dream and passion, then how can I ever push them to live up to their dream and go live that up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? hundred percent. I, I, I have, but I have, <laughs> I have a serious question, but I need to add in a not so serious question. I teach spin class um, at like, the crack of dawn right tomorrow um the day, you know day after we're recording that not when this this drops but can can i play your song to my spin class can you i play throw, it for, throw, play it all play every I, one of them man i'm dead <laughs> i'm putting beats and things into tomorrow's ride and i just feel like that 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 has to be right in there like we come off like a, a sprint and everyone's feeling good and alive and it's just boom 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 minivan and yeah and I have a nice mix. Well, I, I probably have, I have a lot more moms than dads, but I have a good amount of dads. I think they're going to relate to it. Oh, awesome, man. Definitely play it. I'm, I have, I give you all the permission to go for it, man. Yes, I'm doing <laughs> for real. it. I'm doing it. So I have to ask you a serious question though, because uh, what Sean just said was, was um, absolutely spot on. And he was talking about how happy people make happy people. But I have to ask you something far opposite of that. Five kids, you're, you're running on fumes. Your wife's running on fumes. Is there like a great, terrible story, but really funny story of when you were about to lose your mind early on or at any point that, that you could share with us? Because I just feel like your story has to like just, outdo anyone else's like funny little kid baby story because yours is like five times as much uh man i don't know honestly um there's been a lot of you know really hard moments whether it be just you know because there was a lot of really late nights fridays i'd get off work and i'd um I get off at like three thirty in the afternoon, go home, and I'd have to stay up all night, and I'd run night shift the whole weekend. So those were, you know, those were really tough times, and um, it did make it very difficult from time to time between my wife and I. But um, honestly, we work so well together that it doesn't matter if we have like a moment where we're at each other's throat within like. 30 I would like 30 minutes or something we're golden like we're we're back to normal so I wouldn't necessarily say that we had a moment where we were about to like break but um there's always the the moments where the kids are right there getting under your skin and you you're ready to just walk out but you you know you're still hanging on so I guess I couldn't really say I have a specific moment per se but yeah man it, it's always and you'll do anything 
for you know you'll do anything for your kids but if it was somebody else's kids that's a whole different story you know what i mean yeah. so <laughs> absolutely they might they might throw crap at you that they just pulled out of their diaper and try and smear it on the wall and then come give you a big hug but you know it's still your kid and you, you'll accept it for the the moment you might lose it for a second but you'll you'll be all right okay i got a question has there ever been uh something that like either has frustrated you but your spouse has found funny or you have found funny but frustrated your spouse like where like the kid has done one of the kids has done something and you are like trying to hold it together because you're like you can tell like your partner or mother-in-law or like anything like like I, f I feel like there's has to be something that happens there. So like they're just now starting to get their personalities. They're building them all up and really just getting their own character and stuff. And um, it's funny because, you know, I, I write rap music. So there are several of my songs that, you know, they're, they've got a lot of cuss words in it and stuff, but I've gained, or I, I guess I've gotten, to the point where I can control that around the kids, but my wife slips up quite often and they will, they will um, scream at her from time to time and they will cuss. And I look at her and I'm like, yeah, I know where they got that from. And she gets <laughs> so mad that they're like yelling at her and I'm over there dying, laughing deep down inside. <laughs> like She looks at me. And I'm trying to cover my face and she just sees it all over and she's like, shut up. <laughs> we, we don't know you or your wife outside of just seeing what you, you post on your different accounts. I have to go out and say that there's something that you two do that really help balance one another to be able to mentally and physically and, and just energetically get by day to day with so many little ones and the shenanigans that follow. Like, I, I don't know you more than what I've seen, but like kudos to you two um, and, and your partnership and, and how you support one another. I, yeah, I, I mean, think, that's, yeah. that's like the ultimate make it or break it. Like, <laughs> like, it you know, really I, is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, so it's crazy. I, I moved from a little town called Lawrenceburg, Kentucky to another little town called Versailles, Kentucky, where Woodford Reserve is uh, distilled. And when I moved there in third grade, I met my wife and her mom actually drove my school bus. Uh, in both third, you met your wife in third grade? When I was in third grade, yeah. She okay. was... She was in seventh grade, so she's she's uh, four Good years older you. than I am. Good for you. <laughs> um, so I, I met her when I was in third grade. Uh, we used to eat, her mom drove my bus. We used to eat Tootsie Rolls on the bus together. Um, I had the biggest crush on her. I was like this little, little skateboard kid. I didn't think she was a cheerleader. I was like, I don't stand a chance with this girl. Um, literally hadn't talked to her for like probably 10 years. And right after uh, college, I moved back to Versailles from Lexington. 
And I decided that I was going to hit her up one night just to see, you know, where she was at in life, how she was doing. Um, and we just kind of hit it off a little bit. And it was really worrisome to her moms because they were like, you know, my mom cut her mom's hair uh, in our kitchen and her hair in our kitchen growing up. So it was like they were very close. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird that we were total opposites so far apart from each other in age. Um, and we were like, everybody was just, they didn't think we were going to last. And we just fit so good together. Um, and you know how women, um, after they have kids, they just get so uncomfortable with themselves. And it's just like, I, I fell in way more in love with her at that point. Because I was like, not only was I already in love with you, but now you've given me five more. You've given me five kids when I didn't even know if I was going to be able to have kids. You literally given me the best gift in all life possible. And it just made me fall that much more in love with her. And like, we just do. We were so perfect together. I, I love so much about your story, but I, I have to circle back to you being what um, trying to like become friends with a seventh grader. Was it your rhymes that got hurt? Like, were you spitting <laughs> some lines to her? Like, what 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 was it? Um, honestly, I did write her a couple songs when I was in you know after when we first started talking, but uh, you know. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It must have been the Tootsie Rolls I was giving her. <laughs> no, are these real Tootsie Rolls? Is this like Kentucky slang? Like, just for, for, for clarification. <laughs> Slinging in third grade. <laughs> oh, that's such a great story. Oh, man. Oh. So what what's what's next for you then? So you're you're taking over TikTok um, right now. You're what, 122,000? followers yeah, is that, that so? Jeez, Pete, I don't even know how to count that high and <laughs> you have five four-year-olds that I'm sure are going on like 16 right now oh man you're yeah. still working are you writing new music like what's 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 next for like you the dad the person the man the husband the 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 guy the friend like what's what's next um so I'm currently working on a new album uh it's unnamed right at the moment but i do have uh um, that's, that's not a good name yeah i know i, I don't know i haven't really <laughs> came up with the name yet but um he named I'm five doing- kids leave him alone he's done enough <laughs> naming just dude that was tough well actually it was kind of easy because we got to choose all the names we had in a list over the two years <laughs> that's true. and it was like we literally can't we we had them all and it was like well we got to use first and middle names for all of them and it just worked itself out. But um, no, I, I'm currently working on a new album. Uh, I'm getting ready to shoot a new music video for a song that is probably my best song that I've ever wrote. Um, and it's it's called Demons because a lot of people, um, they see my online social media presence <clears throat> and they see that everything's so happy, hunky-dory, but they don't see all the behind the scenes when you get stressed out and you, you lash out and like, you know, I, I'll admit it. I'll be the first one to admit it that I actually do have some anger issues sometimes. And I mean, 
we're we're parents and we get aggravated whenever our kids do stuff and get under our skin and we can't control it sometimes. So I feel bad whenever it happens, like we all do. So I wrote a song about it called Demons and it is literally the best song, especially for dad's songs, but it's on another level. Um, And so I can't wait to release that. I'm going to do a video for it real soon. Um, Man, there's so much more in the works. I really would like to start a podcast myself, but that's another thing on my plate. Um, I've got, I don't know. There's just so much, (laughs) so much potential to do. Um, I want to start a vlog, but because we actually, we, we did have an opportunity to do a reality show. But we ended up turning it down because they wanted to change us from the beginning and we weren't about that. Um, so I thought, well, what if we just did our own YouTube? Why not? So maybe that might be the next thing on the list. I don't know. You you would have content for days. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like an I afternoon would be like five episodes just just a single afternoon just, like just one yeah you, that was a feeding yeah you, you yeah, could do an right. entire season in a week you, you know <laughs> <laughs> well so we we did talk to like tlc about doing a show and they did say that like it'd be for a full season it'd be about six weeks of shooting every day and Jeez. i was like i was like i don't know about all that and then they wanted to change us they wanted us to wear like um, real dressy clothes all the time and really church it up. And I was like, man, I come home and a lot of times I'm still wearing my work clothes until about 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm just not, I'm not. And they said the first season, you probably don't even really make any money. So I was like, man, not worth my time. I'm not trying to get divorced because a lot of those people do end up divorced. That's true too. What was that? Uh, what, John and Kate plus eight, right? That was one that they, they yep. split. Um, just not but, worth it. Think about the child support. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I joke about that all the time. I'm like, you know, when I do shows and stuff, people are like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I always announce it that we got kids and stuff, five kids, and um. I'm like, uh, you know, I love this woman to death. I'll be with her forever because that's a whole heck of a lot of child support. <laughs> and they all get a, they get a good laugh out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, but it's also that's, kind of true. That is <laughs> kind of true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, uh, I, 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 I respect it, though, because um, hearing hearing your story and hearing, you know, that you know she gave you five gifts and 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 you loved her even more after that and why why go for fame with a show when you would compromise who who you are and who you both are together uh i mean mad props i mean that goes back to exactly what sean was saying earlier you know we don't cease to exist as individuals as we're parents and growing as adults you know we can still do the stuff we want and still you know be uncompromised in who we are yeah. So kudos to both of you. That's, yeah. that's, that's awesome. I, I really just, I didn't want to take a chance. I, we already, 
went through so much. It just wasn't worth the potential loss of us. And not only that, but like when she did, so my wife got preeclampsia. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So she got preeclampsia and that's why uh, the doctors ended up go ahead and taking the babies before it, got any worse than it did so she got swelling in her legs really bad uh it was causing uh issues with her kidney uh, kidneys i believe mm. um and then so she gave birth and whenever they took the fifth baby out which was holland baby e all the fluid from her legs rushed up into her lungs and she aspirated oh my gosh um that's probably that's got to be a scary moment for you as a husband it was um so that happened they drug me out of the room not only there was like 50 doctors in there and nurses and they they, they literally took them so fast to put them in incubators and stuff that we really didn't i don't even know if i have pictures of all five of them when they first how how small are we talking? Um, the littlest one, which was baby A, Zoe. Um, Zoe Hart was one pound six ounces. Man, mm. uh, how many weeks? Um, twenty eight weeks in twenty eight weeks and three days. Wow, yeah, that's, um, that's time. So that's that's got to be. I'm thinking about. I used to work at at uh, a children's hospital, and and. Um, Cincinnati Children's Hospital? No, no. Um, up okay. up here in Columbus, but um, and I and I was in a, a different floor or a different unit, but um, our unit, I was in the intensive care unit, and it um, butted up right next to the NICU. Um, okay. And every once in a while, we'd also get um, some some kid some premature babies. Uh, I worked in a cardiothoracic intensive care unit. So, uh, children with heart and lung, um, concerns. Um, and I remember seeing kids that literally were at 28 weeks. I'm figuring that's probably what palm of my hand or not palm, but like total hand. Pretty much. Um, they were a lot longer. I feel like than they, I think they were, I can't fully remember, but they were, they were fairly long, but they were very, very tiny. Yeah. Um, so the let's see you had Zoe was one pounds one pound 13 ounces uh Asher was two pounds one ounce uh Dakota was two pounds one ounce I believe um and then you had two pounds I think it was two pounds five ounces for Gavin and then you had two pounds six ounces for Holland Grace yeah. Um, and believe it or not, four out of five were on, they were uh, intubated and Holland came out and didn't even have to be intubated. She came out breathing on her own. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that all this happened, right? This is, this is, oh my gosh, it just gets so much crazier. <laughs> Um, so it gets crazier. 
It does. It gets a little bit crazier. So my wife, they, she literally aspirated on the table. They drug me out and threw me into a room by myself, not knowing what's going on. Nobody's telling me nothing. They're like, just stay in this room. And I'm like, how are you going to tell me to stay in this room? How? Like everybody outside of the room knew that the kids were great. They were going upstairs and taking pictures and they have no idea that my wife is like basically coding on the table almost. So they come in with the crash cart and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's died on me. She's literally died and left me with five kids. Like, how is this even possible right now? So they intubated my, they, they, they figured out she aspirated. They intubated her and she went to the op, complete opposite side of the hospital. It's about a mile walk from one side to the other. So from where the kids were. So the kids were in the NICU at this side of the hospital and she was on the other side about a mile away and she's intubated I come out and I have to hold it together and tell everybody what happened um and luckily eventually the doctors came in and they told everybody too so I didn't have to fully explain but I knew if I lost it when I went out there that everybody would have lost it so I had to keep everybody calm so it was almost like it was almost like God came in and took over and helped me cope with everything. It was crazy, man. But then I go and I, I see the kids and I've got people wanting to come in and see the kids and she's just intubated across the hospital. Nobody can go in and see her except for me. Um, next day. They extubated my wife. And when they extubated her, she had no idea what was going on. She didn't even see the kids or remember them after the first day. Didn't even remember the first time she held them. Mm. She was so drugged up. Um, and then I was going across the hospital with my brother-in-law who worked at the hospital. And we walked in and I'm showing him to, I'm showing him Zoe and Asher. They're all lined up in the NICU down in a row, showing them Zoe and Asher. We get to Dakota and they say, are you the father of the, of the quintuplets? And I said, yes. Say, well, we had some complications. We tried to extubate Dakota. And when we did, she quit breathing and we had to do, we had to do CPR. Oh my, oh my gosh. So. My mom starts calling me as the doctors in the NICU are doing all this and telling me this. And she's saying my wife is going off on the nurses, doesn't know what's going on. She's screaming bloody murder for me. And they're telling me this. And like at this point, I'm thinking I'm going to lose it. But still yet, something came over me and held it all together. And I went across and dealt with her and then went back and got to actually see the kids. And dude, a couple days later, not only that, but I'm having like all the PR from like all the news networks calling me. Good Morning America, Inside Edition, um, Today Show. They're all trying to run stories. And I'm like, 
I'm trying to deal with my family and I'm trying to like also do interviews and stuff. It was nuts, man. It really was. But then even at that, after all that, and my wife finally comes to and has a moment, she gets a phone call and you'll never guess who called her. It was the same doctor that got her pregnant and said, told us to abort the kids. And he said, I just want to call and congratulate you. And she said, see, I told you that you can give birth to five babies healthy. And he said, <laughs> yeah, he didn't really know what to say. <sighs> I, my head is all over the place with this story. I'm telling you, dude, it's, it's a yeah. wild story. When, like, and that's the thing, man, is there's a lot of times that we just keep living life and enjoying it and stuff. And you don't really go back and think, sit down and think because you don't have time to think. So there, there's a lot of times that you'll, or sometimes you'll sit down and be like, you just go back and think about all that craziness that happened. And you're like, wow, we overcame so much. We literally went through all this and here we are today. I'm it's, still it's, here. Yeah. Dude, that that's so dead ass. I love it. I mean, you good kudos to you, man, and and to your wife and to to the team that you both have and the bond. I mean, yeah, awesome, awesome. If if anyone listening wanted to find you, uh, listen to you, see your videos, um, all of that, where 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 can they find you? So pretty much you can find me if you're if you're looking for my music, you can just go on to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you stream your music on. And you can look up Drix. That's D-R-I-X. You can find me on everything, every platform um, for like any of my social medias. If you just look up Drix or Driscoll Quince, you will find me, my wife all my music pages, it's all tied in together. Like if you, if heck, if you Google it, you'll find tons of stories or just my social media or anything, TikTok, um, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you are on. I'm pretty much there. Listen, we're, we're going to look except, into getting... except for my space. I didn't Thank hear you. you. That's, I, that's where I was going. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, <laughs> Now I'm gonna have to go on to MySpace. Don't yeah. don't do it. We'll look, we'll look into TikTok. We'll look into TikTok if you look into me too. MySpace. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, that a, that's a fair compromise. We'll do TikTok when you do MySpace. Watch, watch me, watch me. I hold you to it. I hold you to it. I'm gonna send you a link whenever I open my MySpace back up. I'm gonna send you a link. Good luck. Let us know if you figure out actually how to use it because we have the page and can't figure out how to actually update anything. <laughs> also, take social media advice from the group that has like one one hundredth of, of your following. <laughs> Definitely listen to us as your marketing team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, your story is inspiring. Thank you uh, with work and your music and writing new music and getting ready for an album. The, the kids and bedtime coming up next. Thank you for finding time to record with us and to, to have a drink. We, we, we all have Wellers, right? So yeah, I'll have Weller. Yes. To, to, to you. Cheers. Cheers. cheers guys. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you all so much. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to everyone listening. However, wherever, um, 
you are listening. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow us and follow him. Find us on all of the uh, social media platforms, except MySpace for this cat, but soon enough, you'll find him on there. Uh, and, and until next time, stay strong, dadass. <laughs>